The other day, in the middle of the night, two dead girls began to fight. Back to back, they faced each other, drew their swords, and shot each other. A deaf policeman heard the noise and came to kill the two dead girls. But if you don't believe this story is true, ask the blind man. He saw too. Or just listen to this podcast with two dead girls. Just to let you guys know, this case does have uh, a trigger warning for sexual assault. If this is something you are sensitive to and feel like you can't listen to, this is your warning. Just want to put that in before we get started. Hey guys, welcome back to the podcast, Two Dead Girls. How are you? Hey guys, it's been a whole week. So we're kind of on the struggle bus tonight. It's kind of a shit show. We actually recorded the entire episode already, almost, and I realized that my microphone wasn't even plugged in. So here we are re-recording it because I'm kind of a perfectionist and I didn't want to produce that kind of content for you guys. So, um, yeah. <laughs> guys, I was so confused. Like, the whole time, I'm like, man, Ray, why, are you, why is your mic going <laughs> Like, I don't, I don't understand what's happening. We have to stop. Like, and then we'll start talking again and it'll go <laughs> what's happening I, and i was wondering why i only had two things plugged into my laptop and i have my charger my headphones and i was like what and i looked at it and i realized my mic wasn't even lit up so yeah which explains our technical difficulties operator yeah. error. <laughs> that's that's my bad guys it's okay though it's but, um, fine <laughs> but I did want to go ahead and thank you guys. I checked this morning on our Podbean account and we have 150 streams, which is kind of cool for us because we are a small podcast and just starting out with only almost three episodes. So that's kind of cool. And we just want to thank you guys. And we'll also, we are now on Apple Podcasts. Thanks to Sydney. She figured Finally! that out. <laughs> she figured all of that out. I have nothing to do with that. She worked her tail off to get us on Apple and she did. So after you listen to this episode, no matter what platform it is, please go and rate and review our show. We would appreciate it so much. And some advice to anyone else who wants to start a podcast, do not try to get on a platform that just went through some major changes and is still working through it because it's a pain <laughs> right right anyway like uh we were saying last week i do have a case for us today that does have a bit of closure for us while again missing persons cases are important and should be talked about we do want to go over some things that have some closure because i know i can't be alone and wanting to know how things ended up. Exactly. So today's case is going to be the case of Kelsey Ann Smith. Kelsey was born on May 3rd, 1989. She was the third of five children and would tease all the time that she had the middle child syndrome or that she was the planned one. She also would tease her parents saying that they needed to be more spontaneous, which sounds a lot like me and you, Sydney. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, she was no, from we weren't planned though that's different oh yeah absolutely not <laughs> but she was from overland park kansas and was 18 at the time i'll let sydney get into it a little more so let's go into her personality before we talk about anything else because it's about keeping somebody's memory alive right 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 from the beginning uh kelsey was a curious kid an explorer and uh, according to her parents she had a shirt that was that said my name is no no because they were constantly saying no no kelsey don't do that don't do this <laughs> one of those very um inquisitive kids uh she was always questioning things and throughout her life uh, she was never afraid to try something new um at school she was 
girl had the most extracurriculars of anybody I've ever heard of besides my own sister here. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, she did track, she did theater, she was in writer's workshop, she did art, she did choir, but her favorite thing was marching band, which good for her because marching band is cool. And she even chose uh, the university she wanted to go to based off of the marching band program, which I didn't... That's something I would never think to look up in a university. Honestly, same. Her. same. Finding her passion and, and choosing where she wanted to go based off that, that's that's awesome. Yeah, and I think another thing that was really cute about her when she was younger is that she was fascinated with the color blue. She would wear it literally like every day. And she continued so long that her mom's friend actually nicknamed her Blueberry. How adorable is that? Such a cute name. Little Blueberry. Yeah. <laughs> She had such a big heart. When she was a child, if she went somewhere with her parents, she would not allow them to buy her a treat unless they bought one for her sisters also. I wish you were like that, Sydney. You were just stingy. Oh, I was not. You used to order your own great wall of chocolate and not even let me have a bite of it. That was when I was like 10. (laughs) No, that's still, if you get a dessert, you order one for yourself and then one for the rest of the table. Don't No, no, no. The waiter told me me you can't eat that by yourself and I took that as a challenge. You're 21 and you still do that. Well, don't challenge me. (laughs) (laughs) I will accept. I will prove you wrong. You are miserable. When it comes to treats, don't mess with Sydney's treats. Point blank, period. Oh, I like dessert tell everybody that she had multiple portions in her stomach she had her food portion her drink portion and her dessert portion so if she was full in her food and her drink portion she still had room in her dessert portion so that gives you a little bit of insight on my sister i'm kind of exposing you here but it's okay i think you missed the stomach where i also have a mac and cheese stomach by itself (laughs) (laughs) i forgot about that one sorry i can't keep up you know i'm just a whole cow i have six stomachs um (laughs) anyways anyways uh, (laughs) back to the case you know kelsey was a super sweet kid and you know when her little brother was born she did not want anybody else to to take care of him or hold him because she wanted to do it herself which you know it's actually like you and the way you used to be very protective over me when i was first (laughs) born wanting to treat me like a baby doll you mean hitting yourself in the head with a baseball bat? That was later. I'm talking about the kidding. very beginning when you still liked me. <laughs> you know, just just to let you know, I didn't didn't mean to cause her bodily harm when I hit her with a baseball bat. It was a wiffle ball bat, and I don't even remember why I did it, but I did it. You said, "Hey, Sid, want to see my swing?" and then hit me in the head. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like something I would do. <laughs> that is exactly what you did. Ask Dad. <laughs> Jesus Christ, I need therapy. Oh, we all do. Oh, God. (laughs) Anyways. Anyways, we can relate to Kelsey and her siblings and her family. Uh, When she got into high school, she was still a super sweet kid. She would give her friends big bouquets of flowers or balloons on their birthdays and would even stay up late or get up early to make sure that she was able to do this for them. And at one point, she even traveled three hours to do her sister Lindsay's hair for an event. She was all about putting her friends and family first. Yeah, and she was super duper creative. At an early age, she showed her talent for art by writing all over her walls with permanent marker. Oh, I should show Mac how to do that. Oh, she knows. Trust me. She's done it before. (laughs) She knows. I was not very happy. 
Apparently, Kelsey had a beautiful singing voice. Uh, we already knew she was in choir. Uh, she went to Shawnee Mission West High School. And when she was in performance choir, she actually got a solo once and didn't tell her parents about it so they, they, that they could be surprised when she came out on stage and did it. And it brought her mom to tears. And that's just the sweetest thing. Fortunately, this isn't a a story about a kind girl that ended nicely so let's go into after now that we've preserved her memory a little bit let's go into what exactly happened to her kelsey had graduated nine days before her disappearance which is just awful yeah <laughs> she was last seen at 707 p.m on june 2nd 2007 now remember we are in kansas at this point in time in june so 707 is not dark it is still broad daylight uh, she went to a Target, the Target on Quivira, next to the Oakland or oh sorry Oak Park Mall in in Overland Park, Kansas. So a shopping center. Uh, she's at this Target to buy her boyfriend of six months a present because they wanted to celebrate being together for six months, as you do. We know all of this because there is surveillance video from this Target, uh, very good CCTV footage that gives us a really good account of what happened since she arrived. The last call had been to her mother from inside the store, then she left the store and was never seen again. Um, approximately four hours later, her car in 1987 Buick Regal was found abandoned outside of Macy's parking lot in Oak Park Mall across the street from the Target she was originally at. Her belongings, such as her purse, wallet, and items that she had bought inside the store were left in the car. So let's talk about Target's security footage like I was talking about before. Target stores use a lot of video cameras, and they can often be enhanced internally through Target's Forensic Services Division. Now, I don't know about you guys, but I had no idea that Target had its own Forensic Services Division. Yeah, or, or that they had such insanely good cameras, especially for 2007, to be able to document someone's entire trip to the store and in the parking lot, which it's amazing that they do probably more public spaces like this should because of things like this. But what is going on at Target? And does do other stores have forensic divisions? Should I be concerned shopping at Target? Should I feel safe because I do have cameras? I'm I'm mind blown that this exists. Yeah, Sydney was super mind blown about this when we were first talking about this case. She was like, why? What? Like, why? Well, so. well what caused this? What makes you start a, a forensic division? That I mean, your target. Yeah, so if you work at Target, like, please, like, write in and let us know if this is the case. Because we're super curious if this is just for this Target or for all Targets. We're confused. I'm just here to buy, like, kitchenware and groceries. Why? Why? That's crazy, because I go to Target to buy um, everything. Everything in the world. Everything in the store. The whole store. I do really like Target. Going to be ready. Buggies full. <laughs> Two buggies full. <laughs> yes. Um, but, you know, we're, we're grateful, especially in the case of, of Kelsey, that they do have such insanely good surveillance. Yeah. So we can see on the surveillance footage that Kelsey parked her car, entered the store, and she called her mother, as we know, uh... And then she was seen selecting the items that she later purchased and were found in her car later. 
Yeah. It also revealed that a male who was white and in his early 20s wearing a white shirt and dark shorts had entered the store approximately 30 seconds after Kelsey had entered. The man seemed to be in every single aisle that she was in, and he was almost her but in a discreet distance he never made contact with her but he was always there in every clip you could see him kind of near her but i don't think she ever really noticed him i think it's something you wouldn't have noticed unless you were watching it from the camera's point of view because yeah which is super creepy there's no employees that say she acted weird or that they they thought that there was someone following her yeah, because despite frequently looking at Kelsey or in her direction, the man made no effort to talk to her or approach her. And when she went to the cashier, the cashier didn't see any weird behavior, didn't notice any strange behavior with her, and didn't notice the male. So the whole situation was kind of creepy and just displaced. He's actually seen leaving the store right as she's checking out, almost like he was waiting for her to walk out, which I right. was. Right. So let's talk about when she left. In the parking lot, their surveillance video showed someone forcing Kelsey into her car. The video was, like, kind of unusual, kind of hard to figure out at first. But when they slowed it down, it showed a flash in the direction of her car. And that can be consistent with someone running. So it's assumed that he ran at her really quickly and then forced her into her car. Right. The footage showed a suspicious 1970s-era Chevrolet truck leaving the lot. Now, remember, this case happened in 2007, so that's not exactly a common car. Very recognizable. Exactly. Just like her 1987 Buick. Right. So, the car, the Chevrolet truck, had been seen on the footage before she had ever entered the store or her car had ever entered the lot. So, he was there waiting for a while. There's a program on TV called See No Evil, and it shows uh, common cases like this with CCTV footage. And on that show, they show the Macy's surveillance video that shows Kelsey's car had been left at Macy's at 9.17 p.m., which is about two hours after she had left the Target parking lot. Yeah, so a figure in a white shirt and dark pants was seen leaving the vehicle and running towards the street. Though it was too dark at the time to determine if the figure was a male or a female, the clothing seemed to match up with the person from the Target footage, so we can assume it is the same person. Um, And we didn't mention earlier, but in that footage from earlier, from the CCTV footage inside of Target, we get a clear picture of the man. So we're kind of pretty sure we know who the suspect is by the way that he looks. Now it's just about finding out who he is. So there's several tips that come in because we have such great footage of this whole event, but a lot of them were very general and weren't exactly useful. They checked her, uh, Kelsey's car for forensic evidence and fingerprint experts say that they isolated everyone who had legitimate reasons to be in the car, such as Kelsey, her friends, her family, or her boyfriend. But they did find one set of unidentified prints on the seatbelt. So if they can find this mystery man in the camera, they can probably match him up so this story gained so much traction so quickly that it was featured internationally including on america's most wanted so it gained like i said so much traction um police and other authorities as well as national media launched an extensive publicity campaign in search for kelsey so detectives were apparently able to find Kelsey because of a cell phone ping that originated from the area on June 2nd, the day that she disappeared. 
A number of search areas were identified because of the cell phone ping. However, that didn't happen immediately. Uh, law enforcement and the FBI tried to get the ping information as quickly as possible, but there was laws in place that didn't allow Verizon Wireless, her cell phone carrier, uh, to hand anything over for four days. And that's to the investigators, which just shows you how messed up this law is. So, yeah, there's so bad, so much delay. Yeah, there's a lot of controversy over the delay and a lot of blame on the company, but it's more about the written law that's the problem. Right. A Verizon uh, technician was able to pinpoint her cell phone tower, pinpoint a cell phone tower, and was able to tell investigators to search 1.1 miles north of this tower within 45 minutes of it on June 6th at 1.30 p.m. Now, she disappeared on June 2nd at 7.07. That is a lot of time when we're talking about a missing person. Right. Searchers discovered that uh, discovered Kelsey's body in a wooded area near Longview Lake in Grandview, Missouri, which I know that's a whole different state, guys, but it's only 18 to 20 miles from where she had been abducted. She was just near state lines. So upon the report of Kelsey's death, a website dedicated to search for her went offline and quickly was remade into a dedication site, which is still up today. You can also go to kelseysarmy.org to look at it, and a lot of our information comes directly from that website. Yes. Through this investigation, uh, they decide, they were able to decipher that the cause of death was strangulation and that she had been choked with her own belt. The autopsy also showed that she was sexually assaulted. Let's talk about the man who did this. Let's do it. So... A woman who had seen the CCTV footage recognized the subject as her neighbor. So the next day, when she saw the information about the truck, she called in a tip, as she should have. Thankful for that neighbor. Yes. So on the evening of June 6, 2007, police arrested 26-year-old Edwin Roy Jack Hall of Olath, Kansas. If I'm saying that wrong, I'm so sorry. I think it's Olath, Kansas. Hall was in the process of leaving town with his wife and son. Yes, you heard that correctly. His wife and child. Um, supposedly going on vacation when the police arrived. That is sickening. Try to look more guilty. Why don't you, Jack? Especially you have a whole wife and a whole child. Yeah, I mean, uh, you have a whole two other people's lives to worry about and you just took them down with you, really. And tried to evacuate the area because you knew it was coming. Exactly disgusting i don't think he counted on the girl he abducted being so important to this community which he should have known better to do anything yeah. like this to anyone so hall was charged on june 7th with premeditated first degree murder and aggravated ki kidnapping he had no adult criminal record but he did in fact have a juvenile record and that was of assault Hall had been adopted at the age of seven, and he had been returned to state custody at the age of 15 after threatening the family he was living with, daughter, with a knife. He also assaulted another boy by striking him in the head with a baseball bat, which is just messed up. Oh, I regret mentioning earlier that I hit you in the head with a wiffle bat. I didn't think about that either until just now. I promise it wasn't like that. I promise. <laughs> yeah. No it, we, no, it was nothing like this. Um, but point is, Hall had a little bit of violent behavior in his youth, which we can't judge somebody for what happened to them in their past, but you probably should have checked in maybe some to some therapy. Talk definitely. about it a little more. Yes, definitely. But the 
At the time of his arrest, Hall was married, like I said, and had that four-year-old son. He admitted to being at Target, but claimed that he had never approached Smith. However, he was caught in a lie whenever his fingerprints did match the ones that were unidentified on the seatbelt. Thank you, forensics. Thank you, Target Forensic Services. Yes, really. <laughs> so, Hall was arraigned via video hookup on June 7th, and his bond was set at $5 million. On August 1st, he was indicted by John C. County, uh, Kansas grand jury for murder, rape, and aggravated sodomy. The charges made him eligible for the death, pen death penalty, which Johnson County District Attorney Phil Klein decided to seek, which, you know, I depends on the case if I agree with it, but I agree with you this time, Phil. Yeah. That's sure. just my opinion. <laughs> yeah. It was difficult because the body had been found in a different state. Some argued for federal jurisdiction. But because Hall was arrested and in custody in Johnson County, that jurisdiction had the legal authority to pursue that case. On, I think everyone knew that they had their guy and just wanted somebody to punish him for it. Yeah, I think so, too. July 23rd, as part of a plea agreement, Hall pleaded guilty on all four charges. So he actually pleaded during a change of venue hearing. The courtroom was jammed with Kelsey Smith's parents and other family members, friends, and reporters. So a bunch of people that hate this guy. The hearing was. I think we all hate this guy. <laughs> I mean, Sorry, we do. But... We do all hate this guy. But these people really knew Kelsey personally, and so I, I, yeah. I hope. I hope he felt awful. The hearing yeah. was carried live on all four of Kansas City's television network affiliates, which is a huge publicity for something like this right so i bet you're all wondering how exactly he did this what was his plan of action why did this happen the way that it did so we're going to go ahead and get into a little bit of that it is believed that hall spotted smith driving into the target parking lot after he had already arrived and parked his vehicle he noticed that she was alone and began following her around the store and he wanted to assure himself that she wasn't going to be meeting anyone there so whenever he saw her about to leave, he decided to get into his truck and he retrieved his gun. He waited until Smith was at her most vulnerable point and he struck her. Took her nearly two, 20 miles away into the Missouri woods where he then sexually assaulted her and strangled her with her belt like we said before. Let's just talk about this for a little bit. This is just so random. I don't understand how the human brain and these type of people work. Just as it, it, it just, I don't know, Sydney. It makes me just like, it's what? completely wrong place, wrong time. And you know, it's one of those things that mom always told us to be wary of and always check, be aware of because people want to do awful things for no, no reason. All right. I just don't understand why people are made this way. I don't either. It's just crazy to me. I'm, I'm sorry to segue a little bit into that. It's just, it, it really saddens me in cases like this because. This poor girl didn't even know her perpetrator, didn't even know her murderer. And he just and, chose her because she's a pretty 18-year-old girl that walked through the parking lot. Right. And how many of us go to Target alone all the time? Exactly. You no. Know, all she was doing was trying to do something sweet, as she always did for someone that she cared about, being her boyfriend. That's and literally the worst part, is she was not even there for herself. She was there being kind for someone else. 
She was always being kind for someone else. This was a perfect person. She was a perfect person yeah. for her life to be taken away at such a young age when she had so much ambition, so many goals, and was definitely going places within her marching band. It was just its crazy to me. I don't understand. I don't and think I think I'll ever we, understand. I won't either. But I think we definitely have to reiterate here. This is what mom was always talking about. Always be aware of your surroundings. Even if you, especially if you're alone at a Target or at anywhere, if you feel that this guy has been too many places in the store that you've been, call somebody. Mm-hmm. If you see a stranger that you think is safe and has not been following you around, walk up to them. Hey, how are you? Pretend to know them. Make them think that you're meeting someone. Exactly. Go grab Another... an employee. Call a manager. Be a Karen if you have to for a second to get a manager. Yeah. Just stay safe. Exactly. I think another thing that the military has ingrained into my brain is to just keep your head on a swivel at all times because the world that we live in today is so dangerous in ways that we don't even understand. You always have to be looking over your shoulders, looking behind you and making sure you're observant of everything around you because something like this can happen out of nowhere. This poor girl had no idea what was coming on this afternoon. And she... No one deserves this, but she especially no. did not deserve this. So be right. aware. Always That's pay attention. Carry pepper spray. Walk your keys between your fingers. Exactly. So let's get into the hearing. Um, so the hearing came a day after a judge ruled that the prosecutor prosecutors could still seek the death penalty for Hall after a judge had denied a defense motion seeking dismissal of the course on a technicality. On September 16th, Johnson County District Judge Peter V. Ruddick sentenced Hall to a life in prison without parole for kidnapping, rape, and murder. In Hall, call court Hall apologized to Kelsey's family for his actions, but I don't honestly think that that did anything at all. It it doesn't do anything. Like, why apologize? You murdered their child, their family member, their sister. Don't say you're sorry. Don't talk to them. With no motivation. Exactly. He is incarcerated at the Hutchinson's Correctional Facility in Hutchinson, Kansas at this point in time. Really hope they retrial and give him death penalty. Again, death penalty can be iffy in a lot of cases, but this is one where I wouldn't mind to see it carried out. But, you know, the other part of me is like, I want to see him punished as well. So maybe life in prison would be nice. How about life in prison and then right before he's about to die, kill him? there you go go. yeah we have some strong opinions guys and again these are just opinions but we have no sympathy for someone who can do such horrible things to such a good person none now let's talk about what the kelsey smith act is and talk about what we know and and what's in what's pending so other than this case being important because it's important to, you know, talk about the person and continue their legacy and keep the spirit alive, it's important to me because this particular act needs to it, this this action needs to be changed in future cases because this can be so detrimental to a case. So I'm going to let Sydney go ahead and describe what the Kelsey Smith Act is um, and what's going on in legislation with all of this, but I find this so important. And I really hope that if you guys weren't completely listening the whole time, please open your ears and please listen to this part. Yeah, this this is definitely something I'm 100% behind and I'm glad they're doing this. Uh, I will be honest with you guys. I, Raven and I fact check 
everything that we research, even if we find something on a not so reliable source, we go to a reliable source and we make sure it's true before we ever mention it in this podcast. But when we can't completely verify something, I'm going to tell you we can't completely verify something. The Kelsey Smith Act is a very, very real thing, and it is seeking to become a federal law, according to the Kelsey's Army website, which I referenced earlier. There is too much discrepancy online about what states this law is currently active in, so I can't tell you exactly where this is a law that is already in motion, but I can tell you that there is some places that it is in motion and it is working. So let's talk about what the Kelsey Smith Act is. Because of the Verizon Wireless being so reluctant or difficult, having such a difficult time releasing the information to locate that ping for her cell phone and find her body, there's a her family and her friends have t- made it their point to to take action about this so this doesn't happen to people in the future. Because in Kelsey's case, it may have been too late if they had given, gotten the information sooner. But there's so many people that do go missing. If we could use a cell phone ping that we get same day they go missing, we could find them. Maybe before it's too late. And that's why this is such a crucial law. So the point is, at the time of Kelsey's case, cell phone service providers providers would generally comply upon request of the subscriber, but not anyone else. So when law enforcement was going to get the information, they couldn't because Kelsey wasn't there to say, give them my information. Well, Kelsey couldn't have spoken for herself at that time, and that's the problem. Because of this, they created the Kelsey Smith Act. This law states that cell phone companies can ping a phone if authorities determine that the subscriber is in danger. Most U.S. states have passed this law, from what I understand. I can't tell you exactly where. But the United States Congress is debating federalizing it, which I absolutely think they should. They absolutely should. If you're in danger and someone needs to find you, you can't be there to say, hey, let them see my information and ping my phone. How are they ever going to find you? In at least one instance, this law has been acted upon in February 2015. We know it was uh, used in Lenexa. I'm sorry, I'm saying that wrong. Lenexa, Kansas. Not far from where Kelsey had grown up. A man stole a car unaware of a five-month-old infant inside. While in flight, he also ran down a pedestrian in a hit-and-run. Police found the car half an hour later at a convenience store after having pinged the mother's cell phone that was still in the car with the baby. Uh, The driver was able to escape, unfortunately. And as of 2015 until now, he's still at large. But because he realized there was a baby inside, he did ditch the car. Thankfully, to the cell phone ping from the mother's cell phone, because it was believed the infant was in danger, they were able to retrieve the infant and the car and the cell phone. So this is a useful law to help in a dangerous situation. Exactly. Um, So now I just want to talk about some of the attention that the media put on the case. So beyond local Kansas City news affiliate coverage, the case received prominent national news media attention, including coverage of national news services such as Fox News, CNN, MSNBC, Nancy Grace, The Today Show, and so many more. Um, So I referenced a couple times back to Kelsey'sArmy.org. This place uh, is the website that was built in her memory after the search for her was called off and they had found her. Now, their mission statement is this, 
To honor and perpetrate the life of Kelsey Smith by empowering families, friends, and communities to proactively protect one of its most precious resources, namely its youth and young adults. So you can find all sorts of information on Kelsey written by her family on this website. And the whole point is just to once again, be aware and be careful. The website is named Kelsey's Army because the group of people searching for Kelsey in those four days had nicknamed themselves Kelsey's Army. So I definitely would say go check that place out if you want to go see some more about her. And if you want any updates on the Kelsey Smith Act, they are keeping you updated. An honorable mention that I felt was important for this case is that I do have a personal friend um, her name is Lexi, and she did go to Shawnee Mission West. So she reached out to me today when she saw on our Instagram page that we were doing a teaser for this episode, saying that she went to school at the same school that Kelsey went, and she wanted to give me, I guess, an, an insider scoop, you could say, um, from the case. So her dad actually taught history at the high school, which we didn't mention earlier, but that was pretty cool to us. We just thought that was a good thing to to mention, I guess. I'm not sure how it's relevant yeah. to the case, but it was just cool to mention. And then um, they, they actually still have an assembly every single year in her honor. That was really, really cool to me. And then she also mentioned a lot about the Kelsey Smith Act, which we just talked about. But I wanted to mention that little honorable mention because I think it's very sweet and interesting. They still have an assembly every year in her honor. So I think it's great that they're keeping the memory alive for such a a great girl also um, spreading the awareness and need for safety to these young adults that are still in high school in the position that kelsey may have been in um, i think it does open a lot of teens eyes and people in general's eyes to the reality of the world that we live in these days exactly i mean always be safe guys yeah so thank you guys for listening to this episode we're glad that you're back for another one yeah very excited actually we're hoping that the technical stuff is getting better for you. We're not sounding like robots anymore, and it just is going smoother. We both have our microphones this time. <laughs> I didn't have them for the first <laughs> couple episodes. You didn't have them when we first started today. <laughs> yeah, but we, we figured it out a little bit. Let us know what you guys think about uh, having an open-ended case versus a case with closure. We're obviously always going to try and cover both, but what's your preference? Did you prefer to know what happened have everything wrapped up with a bow or do you prefer to have a little bit of unsolved mystery yes and we also do take case suggestions we have an email account which is two dead girls podcast at gmail.com and we also have an instagram account and it's the same thing it's just two dead girls podcast and you can message us there we also want to know about your creepy, spooky ghost stories. If you also want to see pictures of ghosts and whatnot, which you can submit to either one, the email or the Instagram. And if, if you just want to follow our Instagram and follow that journey, we can put a face to the case there. We'll always post teasers of the episodes. And the same day we release the episode, we will put um, a couple slides of the case. So it's easier for you guys to understand. It's always nice to have a, a few visuals to go with the case. Right, right. So um, we're going to go ahead and wrap up this episode and just thank you again. If you want to listen to us on any uh, platforms, we are on Google Podcasts, Podbean. We're on Apple Podcasts now and also iHeartRadio for our Android users. Sorry, we're not on Spotify yet. Maybe one day, but we're, we're working on it. 
I've had a few people ask me about that. So eventually we will be on uh, Spotify. But for now, four platforms is enough for us. But please follow us on Apple Podcasts because I worked really hard on that. Yes. And like I said, please review it. Please rate it. Thank you guys for listening. We really, truly appreciate you every time. Signing off. Your two fave dead girls. Bye. You've made it to the end of another episode of Two Dead Girls. Thank you for listening. We want to let you know that we do fact check all of our cases. If there's something we're not totally positive is facts, we will let you know that we're not totally positive. We will never just feed you information. Anything we say about a case or uh, a perpetrator, we have very strong opinions and we want to let you know that these are just our opinions. You can have your own opinions. But we will tell you the difference between a fact and our thoughts.